0: Baseball has broken our hearts, both its leadership and players. We believe they're going to fix the game so we can all be proud of our favorite teams again. It will take time for fans to heal. Today, we're going to help. Our first long-distance studio guest has visited all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums traveled 17,000 miles, and did this in 95 days. Let's go back to the summer of 2013 with our very special guest. Please join us in welcoming the co-host of The Clubhouse Podcast, Munish Jain. Road trip, road trip, road trip. Hi, Munish. Welcome to Sliders and Curveballs. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, an an honor for me.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, I was telling our listeners, uh, we have a very special guest. And tell us a little bit, Munish, on how you organized and what the idea was as far as this incredible journey that you had in the summer of 2013?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it was an idea that I kind of came up with really when I was about Joseph's age. Like, I remember being a little kid and just dreaming of one day seeing every baseball stadium, 30 back then. This was when I was a kid. There were several expansion teams that didn't exist. But uh, I really wanted to just see games at every part imaginable. And, you know, it's kind of one of those dreams that, you talk to other baseball fans and you know, you have them, but, and you never really do it, you know, in 2012, I was kind of not in a great place in my life. I was not very happy at the time. You know, sometimes adults get that too, Joseph. So that happens. And I figured, you know, at this point, I really, I was single at the time. I didn't have anything to lose. I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and I'm going to drive 17,000 miles in 95 days and I just did. I spent about six months meticulously planning. I mean, it was very difficult to figure out a route, where it worked, but I basically spent the entire off-season doing it. And then in May of 2013, I packed everything I owned in the back of a car, got rid of my apartment, and just hit the road.
0: That's unbelievable. What kind of a (laughs) car are we talking about here?
1: Well, 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 before we get to that, Joseph, I'm curious. Sorry not to kind of take over here, but I'm, I'm curious. How many ballparks have you been to so far, Joseph? Two, two. Which one?
2: Fenway Park and Marlin Stadium.
1: <laughs> wow, there's a there's a big difference in those two, but that, that's that's yep. not bad. that those are, those are two very nice stadiums. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead.
0: No, not Mike. a problem. So he went to a, a jewel box, and then he also went to um, a modern day retractable, right? Yeah. So it's a pretty good pretty good range. I've been to old old Yankee Stadium, the new one, Camden, um Pro Player Stadium, and then when they switched over to Marlins Park, and then of Same course Fenway Way. as well. So I'm up to about 6.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's not that's not that bad.
0: So we still have a little ways to go. How did how did you plan cuz I I printed out a map. I have I have um looked at some of your blogging, I've looked at some of your amazing photos. How did you plan when you finally decided to pack the car and what kind of car was it? How did you plan to attack the map of the United States with these parks?
1: So when I was doing the planning, it was really a matter of trying to figure out that you weren't going to be sitting in one city for too long. I wanted to do it in in, in, a, in an order where I wasn't doubling back and I wasn't kind of sitting too long. But it's hard because you are basically you know, tied to MLB's home schedule. And all of a sudden you'll get four parks in a row. And then the next geographically closest one will be in a two week, you know, road trip. And so it's kind of difficult. So in honesty, it took me about six or seven weeks uh, of, of hardcore planning where I came up with 19 or 20 different schedules. You know, one where I started in St. Louis, one in New York, one in Boston, one in LA, one in Detroit, none of it was working. And then, I don't know, I mean, after about five or six weeks, I kind of just started getting a little bit more of a feel for it. And you know what? Here, Joseph, let's see. I haven't done this in a very long time. Let's see if I can remember. This was ultimately the route that I did. This will be off the top of my head. Let's see if I remember. This is the route. Okay, where did it all start? All right, so I did uh, New York, New York, Baltimore, D.C., Tampa, Miami, Atlanta, St. Louis, Kansas City, Houston, Texas, Colorado, Arizona, San Diego, San Francisco, Oakland, LA, Seattle, LA, Minnesota, Milwaukee, Chicago, Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Toronto, Boston. There you go. So that's all thirty. Unbelievable. And, <laughs> why'd, you,
0: a...
2: why'd you, so you mention um like Yankees twice?
1: Well so that oh, the, that's, the
2: Yankees and yeah.
1: Yeah, so the the Yankees have, New York's got two teams, LA's got two teams technically, Chicago's got two teams. So some of the cities, you know, are, are, it's tough because, you know, the Angels and the Dodgers, they don't really play at the same time. They like both, you know, they like one being at home while the other one's on the road. So that's why the hardest part of my trip, buddy, was when I was in LA and then I had to drive 17 hours to get to Seattle for a game and then turn back around and drive 17 hours back to L.A. for another game and then 30 hours to Minnesota. So I don't know what the longest road trip you've been on, Joseph, but (laughs) I I imagine it wasn't, you know, 30 hours in a car.
2: You're
0: one cool man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's incredibly sweet of you to say.
0: I love it, I love it. Let me hit him with a a little noise here. We got the, the baseball bat. And a little crowd noise for you. That's nice. tremendous, Munish. Um, so, what are we? What are we painting the picture? What are we driving here? You pack up all your belongings, and you're in what kind of a vehicle?
1: So, this is. I was very, very, very lucky that my wonderful father uh, at the time. So, I, I, I live in New York, and uh, I haven't owned a car in 12 years. Of so course. I was looking at renting a car. I was looking you know, at borrowing a car. I was trying to figure out how to do this it was really important to me at the time that I really wanted to do this. I mean, if this was 80 years ago, I would have loved to do it via the railways. Like, I would have loved to do it just by train. Like, I wanted to do this the most, you know, kind of old-school baseball American way possible. And so, you know, the Great American Road Trip just kind of made sense. So, actually, I talked to my my brother-in-law, my sister's husband. uh, His dad works at Ford. uh, And I was asking him, I was like, hey, you know, is there a good – Ford car that I could drive for safety and to keep up and ultimately which you know he kind of told me which is kind of sad is my dad had an old 2002 e3 Mercedes Benz that he was actually it was kind of on its last legs but it was built like a tank Wow and so my dad basically said you know what for this tour why don't you go ahead just for safety's sake because it has 24-hour road assistance and so that was really the most important part for me that summer was God forbid anything that happened on the road because so I was driving it pretty much by myself. So I wanted to make sure that I had, you know, someone to come help me no matter what. And the, the safety package at the Benz was just too good to pass up.
0: Absolutely, and I you know mean, this, a little
1: luxury. I can't can't lie. It was in a nice little luxury.
0: Of course, I mean this is an an epic journey, and you want to make sure that you're able to get there as smoothly and, and comfortably as possible. So you've right. I, mean, I was
1: literally living. You know, I was living out of the car for three months. So it's, it's unbelievable. It's,
2: and the yeah. longest trip I took, but we did not see a baseball game, was Newington to Washington
0: that's right that's so watching, yeah Washington DC that's a pretty long ride and we, we even got into some bad traffic right outside of Camden Yards we were like I wish there was a game we would just get out and, and go in <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic and what are we talking about as far as a favorite road snack that you had
1: so here's Joseph where where you're gonna be probably a little bit disappointed in me because I unfortunately was so focused on staying healthy when I wasn't in the ballpark, that my road trip snacks weren't the best. I was literally eating grapes and strawberries and blueberries pretty much on the road, but that was all so that when I went to the ballpark, I could just eat whatever I wanted. And so one of the things that I started back then, and now it's kind of become a staple of every ballpark that I go to is I get a mini helmet of ice cream at every ball game that I'm at. I've got hundreds of mini helmets falling out of, All of my cabinets here in my (laughs) in my apartment. It's it's the mini helmet ice cream is my that was that's the season that really introduced that as as being a staple (laughs) of my life. I probably eat about a hundred mini helmet ice creams a a year, and it's the best.
0: (laughs) So that that is your signature move right there—the mini baseball logo helmet with an ice cream sundae in it.
1: Absolutely, and you know some ballparks just have you know basically traditional saucers. Some have full on Sundays with real ice cream and chocolate sauce and whipped cream and cherries. And some have brownies that they bake, you know, underneath it and cookies underneath it. It's it's the best. I'm, I'm, the season's about to start and it's been a while. since my last mini helmets. I'm, I'm definitely looking
0: forward to it. So, so Munish, you're not here in the studio with us. You're in New York, obviously. Um, Joseph, through that entire description, licking his lips uh, 10, 15 times. <laughs> licking like a snake. Like a snake. He just, I mean, once you said Sundays, it, it was all over for him. But I, I like how you prepared for it, though, by eating good things in the car. I I would be uh, pretzel rods, pretzel goldfish, Oreo he cookies. Eating,
2: he would be eating, like, Oreos. He would be eating, like... Junk food so like a, cake
1: and cupcakes. <laughs> that's it. That's that's one idea. But before I did my tour, I actually I lost 45 pounds. So I worked out every single day, and I ate really healthy, and I went to the gym every day, and I purposely lost 45 pounds so that I could eat nothing but ice cream wow. and hot dogs and burgers and chicken and just when I'm in anytime I'm in a ballpark, there's no such thing as a diet. I just eat whatever I want. You know, when you go down to Texas, I don't know if you know this or not, Joseph, but in Texas, they have a two-foot-long hot dog. That might be almost as big as you. A two-foot-long hot dog. They've got a two-pound chicken tender. They've got, like, it's bonkers <laughs> the type of food they have in ballparks these days. And Jeez. It's all delicious.
2: <laughs> I've been wanting to go to the Texas park and go on the little Texas field. Not the Texas yeah. baseball field but the one where it could the one the one where it could be the where the grass is and where people sure. could stand on to catch balls. I've been always wanting to go there, but once my dad told me it the the Texas was building a new park, I'm like I've been wanting to go to Texas.
0: Yeah,
1: the, yeah a brand new but, park yeah, this I'm, year? I'm, I'm bummed out about that as well. They've got a new ballpark this season. Last year was the last uh, the last year at Rangers Ballpark in Arlington, and I love that place. And it really it makes me sad that that they're moving to this new one. I've seen, you know, I, I've been down there a couple of times to check out the the construction of it, and I'm sure it'll be beautiful and massive and retractable roofs and all that, but. I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to see the old ballpark. It's actually right across
2: the street from the old one. They're
1: they're
0: right next to each other, right?
1: Yeah. It is. So so if you're able to make it down before, you know, I don't think they have any plans to tear it down anytime soon. So you might not be able to see a baseball game there, but you can at least, I think the XFL is using it now or some such nonsense.
0: Oh, wow, the XFL, Sure. So you had yeah. such a major commitment. You're like an actor getting ready to take on a major role. You're so committed to baseball. You get healthy. You're working out. You get in the smooth ride. You got the grapes, and you're getting ready to tackle park after park after park. I would have never made it out of the New England area, and, or I would have been completely lost somewhere in Idaho saying, where is Dodger Stadium? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's most of these cities I'd never been to before in my life. And obviously it's, it's a lot easier these days now that we've got, you know, GPS built into our brains, essentially, like we, we've got our phones and and all that stuff to help. But when I was in the cities, the thing that you don't think about when you're doing a trip like this is I was very literally living on the road. So I had to find out how to do my laundry, how to get my hair cut, how to do just, Normal things that you do in your actual city, but in cities that you've never been to before. So it was a lot of kind of just asking locals, saying, hey, is there a good barbershop that I can go to? Is My camera is broken right now. Is a good camera shop that I can go to? And just kind of having to trust the nice people that you meet at, at baseball stadiums that they'll give you some good advice.
0: Incredible. And I met,
1: you know, thousands of amazing fans at every single stadium. It was, it was the best.
0: Incredible. I mean, people dry, uh, dream about driving across the United States, but not only did you do that, but you also spent time, became part of the fabric of every city, went to the actual stadium, saw all these incredible games. Just, just a the journey of a lifetime, really.
1: Yeah. No, it was the greatest three months of my life. I mean, I've I've, I've lived kind of a weird life, and I've gotten to do some really fun, cool things. But I don't know if anything will ever top that that three month period. You know, it was it was the coolest thing I, I've ever done.
0: Absolutely, we're we're so lucky to have you uh, painting a picture for us and and our listeners on how it all how it all unfold unfolded. Now, are you staying in any hotels during this, Munish, or how are you how are you how did you kind of map out the whole? I need a ticket.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I I obviously I was trying to keep the price down as much as humanly possible. Um, I mean, the one nice thing was the fact that I'd gotten rid of my apartment in New York and all that. Meant that you know I didn't have any rent and everything, so all of my my living expenses were not as high. But I really uh, you know at the time, so uh, I had been going through like I mentioned earlier, I've been going through a little bit of a rough stretch for for quite a while, and and you know I'd lost actually a lot of my friends before that. Uh, I had kind of a, a bad time, and I used this this tour as a way to kind of reconnect with some of friends of mine and meet with friends of mine who I hadn't seen in sometimes five, 10, 15 years, and uh, they were now scattered across the country, and I was kind of hoping that they would welcome me back into the life, and luckily, many of them did. So I was able to sleep on a lot of couches and a lot of guest rooms and kind of meet a lot of people from my past that you know I hadn't really talked to in a long time, which is very nice.
0: Absolutely, and are you buying tickets to games along the way, or did you have to make purchases well in advance in order to be able to hit park after park and game after game?
1: So, I mean, these days with SeatGeek and stuff and all that, it's relatively easy to get tickets uh, day of, but the one thing that I wanted to make sure was I always wanted a physical ticket and I wanted to buy the tickets from the team itself as opposed to on um, the secondary market just for that uh, tour. Cause I, 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 have all 30 physical tickets with me now and it's kind of a good little, you know, memento and whatnot. So yeah, I set alerts back in like January of 2013 whenever all the team's tickets went on sale, I immediately just went online and purchased it, which actually led me to when I was in Milwaukee, uh, when you guys make your trip to Milwaukee, you got to make sure you buy the tickets as soon as they go on sale. Cause I was able to buy literally the first row behind home plate, literally nothing in front of me, but the net wow. uh, right behind the umpire for 90 bucks. You know, it was like that. You can't sit field level at Yankee Stadium for less than one hundred and fifty, and I was right behind home plate for ninety dollars in Milwaukee. Fantastic! So you guys could definitely do that.
0: Fantastic. If Joe, you he, had a question.
2: Yes, if you were a YouTuber, in <laughs> day after day after day for ninety-five days, and you were a YouTuber, how would it feel? You bring bringing your cam. And like YouTubing, YouTubing every single day, and
0: driving seven, <laughs> seventeen, right, seventeen thousand miles. Seventeen thousand miles. Now you you took thousands and thousands of pictures, but did you do any yeah. video?
1: So Joseph, so this was uh, when I did this. Tour. What year were you born, Joseph?
2: Two thousand twelve.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So you were so... one years old
0: when he went on this trip.
1: So yeah, so so back when you were but a babe, uh, YouTube at least in my world, I didn't really know much about YouTube. I'm I'm kind of an old man, and I didn't really know uh, really up until I met uh, Zach Hample, which I think is how you guys kind of uh, came across me. And until I met Hample, I didn't really know much about the YouTube world in general. Uh, and so when I was on the tour, I had a podcast just like you guys have now. I have a podcast, and I had a blog at the time where. I was writing about a thousand words a day and yeah, I was taking thousands of photos a day. So my, what I was doing was I was bringing my, you know, my, uh, still image camera and I was writing, I was kind of doing things the way we did things a hundred years ago. Yeah, that's
0: the old school way. Hi. Huh? I bet you sent somebody exactly. a post- did you send Is it any postcards,
1: <laughs> but like, but, but you know, but doing, I honestly, when I've traveled with Hample, when I've, when I've, when I've gone on the road with him nowadays and, he brings you know, his, his crew with him, and it's, it's a tremendous amount of work. Like that's one thing that a lot of people don't see uh, about being a YouTuber in general. Like we all see the final, beautiful, edited, lovely product, but it is, I'll be honest. I don't know if I would have been able to do it for 95 days. Like that's, it is a lot of, of, of work, and one thing that I like doing when at the ballpark is I just like talking to people. You know, I just like hanging out, you know, like if you know when one day the three of us are going to go to a game and we'll just sit at the ballpark and we'll just chat with each other. I feel like as soon as you start videotaping it, it kind of changes things a little bit. I just like going and talking to people and meeting with people and, and connecting with people. That's my favorite thing about going to the baseball game is just, you know, it's having fun. You know, you don't, I'm not performing for anybody. I'm just, Enjoying a ball game.
0: Absolutely. Enjoying it from the minute that you that you arrive. And hopefully if you're in the Hartford area someday, it will be my treat to take you to uh our local minor league team, which we've had some conversations about the yard goats, and they have a yeah, fantastic little yard ballpark yard. and um that would be equally exciting to speaking with you long distances is, is to have you right beside us and we're gonna take down a few mini uh, helmets with ice cream that day.
1: <laughs> of course, always.
0: We
2: saw them play. The Trenton
0: Thunder? Yeah, the Yankees rehab a lot of players at the Yardgoat Stadium. Yeah. And, Dad, is it Trenton Thunder New York? Yeah, for the Yankees. They're uh, their farm system, exactly. Yeah. And for our listeners that don't know, Zach, Zach Hample, the YouTuber, um, Joseph and I uh, discovered him. They call him, I guess, the foul ball guy. Munisha and, and, uh, is great is great friends with him, he had mentioned. And um, he's just tremendous being able to catch foul balls and toss-ups and the cup trick and all that other stuff.
1: Yeah, he's a lunatic. I, I love him. He's, he's a crazy person. He's got, oh, I think, over 11,000 balls at this point. He caught uh, Mike Trout's first one, a 3,000. You know, I was actually supposed to be at the game with him when he caught a Rod 3,000 because I grew up a Tigers fan and... The Yankees were playing the Tigers that day, and I was supposed to be with him, but my podcast host wanted to go to Wrigley because he's a Cubs fan. So I said, "All right, fine." We went to Wrigley, and I look on TV, and there I see Zach catching a rod three thousand. <laughs> I have been sitting right next to him, but that's all right.
0: I'm sure I would have up for him. <laughs> well, that that was probably an insane uh, moment, and aftermath as far as that was concerned as well maybe maybe zach will want to come on the podcast one day and chop it up with joe and talk a little bit about how he does all this that's so exciting
1: yeah
0: how'd you meet zach um
1: uh you know it was just i was at this other event uh, i was uh, doing a storytelling uh thing where i was on stage telling a story about some of my my weird uh, baseball silliness and afterwards one of the other people at the uh, at the event said hey you need to meet my friend, Zach. He's a big, crazy baseball guy. And I said, sure. And we just ended up having lunch together and immediately hit it off. Like, just, he and I are both very similar baseball weirdos. We like going around the country seeing baseball games. We're both very similar in that way. So
2: you both <laughs> live in New York, am
1: I right? Yeah, and we both live in New York, so that makes it a little bit easier. So, yes. But what's funny is that, we, you know, it's especially during the baseball season, we pretty much never see each other Except now, over the last couple of years, we see each other more outside of the city than inside of the city. You know, I ran into him in St. Louis. I ran into him in Texas, in L.A. We'll just randomly be at the same ballpark somewhere around <laughs> the country without planning it. That's which is amazing. I lovely. could
2: tell that you would meet him more than he would because that temple doesn't do what you did. Like drive around 7, Ten thousand miles, and Zach Campbell should just waiting day after day just to pick one good game. Absolutely,
1: yeah.
0: Now, from the trip, uh, Munish, do you have? Uh, we were going to ask you a few um, questions about the games itself and parks itself and stuff like that. But sure. do you have overall? It, can you crystallize one special moment in your mind that just stood out to you from what a memory for, from the trip itself?
1: You know it's hard to to crystallize one special moment, Like I said if you're you're talking about the game, the experience, the the road trip, all that stuff, the one thing that I miss from that particular season, and actually it's why to this day, I may not do every third all thirty every season, but I try to do twenty or twenty five parts every season is the just the people that I meet at every ballpark makes it where, I could, you mean know, I've been to Marlins park now, maybe 15, 20 times, which is one of my least favorite ballparks, but I still love going because every single time I go, I meet whether it's a mother and a daughter, a father and a son in Texas. I met three generations of, of women, a grandmother, a mother and a daughter. You know, the grandmother was telling me how her little granddaughter, Lainey does all of her school reports on the Texas Rangers. Like it's, I absolutely love meeting people and connecting with people at ballparks. And so it really is just that as far as what I will always remember from that tour is how many people that I met and how many friends I have still made. Like there are people who I met in 2013 who now when I go back to these cities, I'm staying on their couches. You know, one kid I met in, I think it was Milwaukee where we met. We just happened to be sitting next to each other. We struck struck up a conversation with him and his dad. It was lovely. And now here we are six, seven years later, and he's working for the Red Sox. And last year I went to Fenway, and he gave me this really beautiful tour of Fenway Park. And it was just so cool to see this kid who I just met at a ballpark now living his dream and having such a great role in the Red Sox organization. And it's just that's so special to me, and that's so wonderful to me to see how much this game – you know, it's a silly old game. At the end of the day, Joseph, we're just watching a bunch of grown men wearing pajamas, hitting a ball with a stick. It's really silly, but it's beautiful, and it's really connected, and it really matters to, to millions of people. And I don't know, I just that, that's what I miss, and that's what I love about being in the ballpark.
2: So that was seven years ago? Uh,
1: 2020, yeah, seven years ago, right around the time you were born.
2: What day was it?
1: What it again?
2: what day was it, like August 23rd?
1: Or uh, like? Yeah, I have to look that up. So my, my tour started on May 28th, 2013, and ended on, on September 2nd, 2013, if I have those days correct. But so yeah, May to September was when I did the, uh, the 30 stadiums.
0: Unbelievable. But then, you know,
1: the cool thing was after, <laughs> after I did my tour, so I ended on, on September 2nd. And then I I know as silly as it sounded, I needed a vacation. I know it sounds like it was a vacation, but I was exhausted and I just needed a week on the beach somewhere without anything. So I decided to go down to Miami to stay with a friend of mine. And, of course, because I'm a crazy person too, the Tigers were in town. And so I said, you know what, let me just go to a baseball (laughs) game. And I happened to be in 2013 at game 162 when Henderson Alvarez a no-hitter against the Tigers, and it was the only no-hitter I've ever been to. And that, that was really special and really cool. That I ended that season going to a no-hitter, which is just bonkers.
0: That's amazing. Is there a game that stood out to you? Now, this is actually – so this is on the vacation after the trip. You see a no-hitter. Yes. What about the actual um, – <clears throat> trip itself within that 95-day period, it, was there some players that were magical that you said, that was just an amazing performance, and I happened to catch it?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that was kind of what's nice. I, I saw, uh, weirdly enough, in my first game, uh, the Yankees-Mets, I actually and I went to the uh, Subway Series, so I saw Yankees-Mets the Yanke- at Citi Field and Yankees-Mets at Yankee Stadium, and at Citi Field, I saw Mariano Rivera blow a game and give up uh, a blow-a-save without recording an out which is the only time in his career he's ever done that so that was an interesting little stat i saw madison bumgarner take a no hitter into the sixth i saw miguel cabrera hit a grand slam i saw yasiel puig have one of the most yasiel puig games i've ever seen where he hit a 500 foot home run he struck out swinging on three pitches and then he got thrown out trying to extend (laughs) a single into a double oh like it was perfect. I get exactly what you want from a Pui game. Uh, I saw, I think I saw Kershaw start three times. I saw Chris Archer's first start. I saw Matt Harvey. I got to see, yeah, I mean, it was, I got to see a lot of really tremendous, you know, now when I'm going back and I'm, I'm working on my book at the moment and I'm going back and, and looking at some of the names, like, I mean, Chris Archer, I think I saw his first ever start in Tampa, which at the time I didn't really know much about the kid, but, you know, he turns out to be a pretty stud uh, starter, and so it's 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 fun looking back now. And and you know, now over the last six years, I've I've gotten to see so many amazing, wonderful firsts and and inside the park home runs and all that. It's, you really never know what you're going to see. You know, when you're at the ballpark, you have just got to show up.
0: It's like it's like a, a play, but you have no idea really how it's going to end.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and no matter how many games I've been to. A, well over a thousand baseball games in my life and I'm still seeing first, you know, I'm still, I'm, I can't, I have to look last year, like the first three games of the season that I went to, there was a historic thing that happened in all three games. I was like, yeah, like it's, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, however, this this game's in around 1845, but there's still so much that hasn't happened yet.
0: I absolutely love it. Uh, Joseph, we wrote down two or three questions that he wanted to ask you, and he'll fire them on off to you, and and, um, we'll see what your thoughts are on these.
2: What's your favorite park you traveled to, and why?
1: (laughs) You know, Joseph, that's like asking me who my favorite child is. It's a very difficult uh, question, but uh, the short answer is Baltimore. Uh, There's a reason why. Every every baseball stadium since 1992, Camden Yards is beautiful. There's there's this genius woman named Janet Marie Smith, and she is the one who designed Camden Yards. And every single stadium that has built since 92 has basically just copied what she has done because she really, before that, Joseph the baseball stadiums they were a lot of times multi use. The football stadium would use the football team would use it, the baseball team would use it. This was the first time in a very long time where we said, you know what, this is going to be baseball only and it's going to be designed and built perfectly for baseball. And they did it. They did a really wonderful job. But PNC park in Pittsburgh has a gorgeous view. Uh, Kansas city has great things for kids who might not be able to sit through a three hour game. They've got mini golf and fountains to play in. San, uh, San Francisco has a gorgeous view of the Bay you know, there's there's a reason to go to all thirty, but but Camden really kinda of set the standard.
0: Luckily I luckily I've gone to Camden myself and hopefully you had a little Boog's barbecue, but I love the boogs. Yeah, warehouse I met Boog plenty of time.
1: Boog is great. I have
0: seen it, but I didn't
1: go in. Joseph, you, that's on our
0: that's on our hit list here. Uh Monish, you're you're inspiring us here. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start buying tickets soon.
1: Yeah, no, I mean look, look this is what I'll I don't know if you want to say this to the end or whatnot, but I did I'll just say it now. You are, you're seven right now, right, Joseph? Yes.
2: That's so this is the absolute,
1: this is literally, for oh, May what? 11th. Very cool. You so started this is your off.
2: tour near, like, when I was, you started your yeah. tour, of, like, ten days, ten days after, after you, I turned
0: two. Or one, yeah.
1: I think it was. turning yeah. one, yeah. One. So here's what I tell parents when, you know, they talk to me about a tour like this, because I'll tell you this, I spent, you know, 23 years dreaming about doing this tour and thinking that it was impossible or too expensive or too stupid or too silly or just not possible. Here's don't do it in one season. I'm a lunatic. That's crazy. That's too much. But starting this year, starting this summer, you tell your dad, you say, listen, all we need to do is just do three parks this summer. You know, whoever your favorite team is, they always go on some sort of three-city road trip. Try and find it for four or five days. You just follow them every summer. By the time you're about to graduate high school and by the time you go to college, you will have had all 30 ballparks. That sounds like a plan. the best thing you can do with your dad. You'll build great memories with your kids, but also it's when you walk into your college freshman dorm you will be the coolest person in every room you walk into because you'll be able to say, I've seen all 30 baseball stadiums.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, unlike other sports, you know, you go to one basketball yeah. game, you pretty much see them all. The dimensions are exactly the same. Every exactly. single one of these parks has, the city has the unique dimensions, unique corners, unique views, and it's they're totally amazing.
1: Yeah. So I get some other questions for me, Joseph?
0: Yes.
2: Did you stay all nine innings or leave early?
1: I have never left the baseball game early. I do not leave baseball games early. I stay until the absolute final. On top of that, I show up to the ballpark right when the gates open, and oftentimes I don't leave until they make me. I like to stay as long as humanly possible because I never feel more comfortable than when I'm inside the baseball stadium.
2: How'd and you, you never know do, what's going to happen. How'd you do I, that if? if there's baseball games on top of baseball games.
1: <laughs> I love it so much, buddy. It's the best. And you know, I've been to games where i I was at a game in Atlanta where the Braves came back my I think it was six runs down in the ninth to win it. I've been, you know, it's, it's exciting. You never leave a game early. Like you, you never know That's there's no shot clock. There's no time. There's no, you know, you, games can't end in a tie ball game. It's, you got to stay there until the final hour is recorded. Unless totally you have agree. school the next day. If you have school the next day, then go home and get some sleep. But luckily, I don't have school anymore.
2: Did you get any baseballs and how many?
1: <laughs> so, this is where I'm such a disappointment to so many people. So, I've been to over a thousand baseball games. and, you and got zero? I think Oh, brother, up until last year. So last year, I got my first ever baseball. I've <laughs> never gotten a baseball. I got my first baseball last year, but it was kind of a cool one. Anthony Santander, Baltimore Orioles. I caught his first home run completely by accident. I was just at Yankee Stadium with a friend of mine. I was sitting in my seat, and the ball came right at me, and I just caught it. Look so, at yeah,
2: that. I caught, like, Two, or th- I got two. Ba- one baseball, and it was, and it was um, from the Red Sox before I went to the game. And me and my dad and mom thought it was from a store because we were looking at a store. And then the <laughs> owner said, "Go get that ball." And they are like, "Here you go." And then they're like, "No, that's that's the Red Sox doing." doing hitting practice, and he says it's either from Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, or Mookie Betts, and if it was from Mookie Betts, I don't know what I would do, because Mookie Betts recently just left the team, which is sad for me, but good for my dad and mom.
0: Like <laughs> well he went over to the Dodgers now and and we were just outside shopping you know uh, how Fenway has all the little stadium um, yeah, souvenir I mean, shops yeah, i thought Yockey that Warrior, whatever it's called yeah time. i thought joseph knocked the ball off uh, off a souvenir table cuz it was rolling on the sidewalk and he said oh. run over and get that and he said i, I said uh, well put it back on the table and he said wow, no that's not you that's, got that's, a bp home run he said, that, that, that not left for the me. yard yeah he says that's that ball fantastic. just came over the top it was for over the, the green, green monster, monster. <laughs> exactly. when you go back
1: to when you go back to Fenway by the way uh, did you guys do the uh, what's it called Red Sox nation thing
0: we, we, we did not when um, you can of get in, in a little bit early when we yeah, I highly recommend school. that
1: it's, it, it's only like 10 15 bucks it's not okay. that expensive and it, they, it gets you into the park half an hour early but bigger than that it lets you up on the monster. And so you can look, you can catch BP from the monster. And it's, you're never going to be like, it's not, I would never want to sit up there for a game. The view is kind of weird. Oh, you wouldn't. But, okay. being, up there, but being up there for BP is awesome. Like being up there for BP is incredibly fun and exciting. And yeah, I, I highly recommend that to anybody out there. It's, I'm very impressed with the Red Sox for, for doing that. Like that's, it's, I, guess I think it's 15 bucks. Don't quote me on that. They may have changed it, but the last time I did it, it was 15 bucks. For the entire year, like however many times you do it, you go there. You can go and, and catch BP from from the monster. But yeah, uh, that's super cool, Joseph. That's that's I'm very very jealous. Like, when I, we stayed, you have more balls than me for sure. When we
2: stayed in Boston to stay to Celtics game, when we when were when we were in the first hotel, we all a person, or my, one of my friends that I met said, did you ever go on the Red Sox tour? And yeah. we said, no, but they were. But then we, the day that they were going to the Red Sox tour, we were going to the Boston Celtics tour. <laughs> and we actually got, and I actually walked to Taco's first game where he sat
0: on for his first game, and I touched his chair. <laughs>
1: wow, I mean, yeah, so that's awesome.
0: He loves Boston sports, Munish, and um, I think that uh, doing the tour in the future would be great, and I love your idea to become a, a member of Red Sox Nation, which will let you into uh, game days a little bit early to catch the batting practice, which would be tremendous.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that's the only team that I know that does it for that cheaply. Uh, and I was like, it's just, it's, it's the monster. The monster is super, super cool to stand on, like, and just to, to watch the balls come flying at you like that. It's 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 exciting.
0: Absolutely.
2: But now barely any people, well, some people who sit in the very far outfield, not where the foul balls get hit, but the, right. the outfield straight from home plate, you can still catch balls from there, but from the foul line, I don't really think so. It depends where you there is.
0: Was there an area that on the trip you tried to buy tickets the majority of the time? Are you a guy who likes to sit down for a space line? You like to sit in with the bleacher creatures? Are you behind home plate?
1: Yeah, I mean, for that tour specifically, I did kind of sit everywhere. I sat in the outfield sometimes. I sat in with the bleacher creatures sometimes. I sat, you know, I, but yeah, I tried to sit in many, many, many different vantage points and angles and also during those games for that tour specifically because at the time I wasn't sure if I was ever going to come back to some of these parks before so I didn't want to uh, just sit in one spot during the game I would often get up and walk around a little bit and try to catch different angles and different views and even go all the way up to the upper deck and go down to the field level and just kind of soak it all in now it's, it's embarrassing to admit I've become a little bit bougie I've become a little bit too snobbish and I, I pretty the, much
2: what's the bleacher creatures
1: the bleacher creatures there? buddy so there are some uh cities New York Yankees have them the Oakland A's have them uh the Cubs they call themselves the bleacher bums but they're basically the tickets that are sold out in the outfield that are generally a little bit more affordable and uh-huh. that's really when the rowdiest fans and the most loyal fans kind of the average everyday fans that show up like here in New York, the same group of guys have been going to the game since I believe 1982 or three, maybe even a little bit earlier than that. Wow. Um, they go to every single game. They've got very specific chants. In, in Oakland, they actually dress up in costumes. They have big foam letter A's that they wear or green and yellow masks or dress like an elephant or, and they play drums and they're playing instruments. And they show up to every single game. It's very much a different experience to sit out. You know, that's why they call themselves creatures. they're They're just theatrical weirdos, but but they're great. They're really nice people.
0: Is there one team that you think does baseball to the the top top level where you just thought that there's such an interesting tradition there or or item at the ballpark where it really kind of stands out to you?
1: Well, as much as I didn't want it to be true just because they they beat my Tigers in 2006, and that's also kind of the boring, lame answer. But the St. Louis Cardinals, man, you know, the city of St. Louis, they love baseball in a way that Boston does as well as New York does. But St. Louis, there's something special where, you know, I stayed I think like 25 minutes out of the city, and there I did have to stay in a hotel because I didn't know anybody in St. Louis. And at this random hotel 25 minutes outside of St. Louis, there was a statue of fan, the man usual, and I, asked, I was like, Oh, you know, did he stay here? Is he from here? They're like, nah, we just like him. Like it's just, it's they, everywhere you go in St. Louis, you know, the barbershop that I went to to get my haircut, the guy excitedly gave me a bobblehead that he had because he was so excited for me to do this tour. And like, it's, they really, really, really love baseball in St. Louis. Um, but I'm telling you, like I said, there's every major league baseball city has a reason to go to it. Like it's, it's even the ones like Oakland, the ballpark isn't great. It is a football stadium. It's not a baseball stadium, but their fans, they're the best fans of baseball. I, I've never had more fun in my life than going to, you know, the Coliseum, you know, uh, Turner field was amazing. I missed Turner field. Unfortunately, that's gone now too, down in Atlanta. But, uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's hard to really pinpoint a quintessential baseball city just because they're all so different.
0: I had read something about Baltimore, and I don't think I recognized it when I actually saw a game myself. But one thing that I thought was interesting is, did you notice the area they mark where the longest home runs are hit with like a little placard down on the ground where the bricks are? And it doesn't even mean yeah. doesn't even matter if it was an opposing player that hit the home run,
1: right? Yeah, you always turn. I found a couple of Tigers there. Griffies are there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's always fun when you go uh, right past their flag court there, right in front of the warehouse, and you can see where, where all those home runs are. And I mean, it's some ballparks. I mean, this is, I think in Minnesota, whenever I'm in the press box in Minnesota, I like they have actually in the press box, they're, uh, they have it marked, and they haven't even fixed a lot of the plaster where foul balls have shot into the press box and hit uh, made holes in the wall in that's their press box and so like that's that's always a fun little thing to see we're like oh look this is where 10 years ago some ball player that i forgot existed hit a hole, hit a foul ball and you know almost demolished somebody's laptop oh gosh Unbelievable.
0: Wow. Um, I was going to say, I, I wanted to do a little, if you have a little time, Manish, I was going to do a little rapid fire for you where I kind of printed out a map of maybe what your journey might've looked like with the names sure. of some of the ballparks. And I was just going to say a ballpark and maybe you told uh, could tell us here in the middle of February on a cold day, take us to that nice hot summer and just give us a, a couple of different words that come to your mind when I mention a random park. Would that be okay?
1: Sure. Go ahead. Okay.
0: The first thing I was going to say before I even got into that is, what's the worst ballpark food you ever purchased by mistake?
1: Oh wow. I mean, I don't know if it was by mistake, but uh, uh, as much as I just gave St. Louis a lot of of props, I will say that it had possibly the worst ballpark food I've ever had. And now, for any specific reason, it just was bad. Like it was. I had like they didn't. I had this turkey burger thing that was just not good. I had this pulled pork think I went to two games there. I had this pulled pork thing, this nachos. That was just, I didn't even finish it. It was so bad. Uh, St. Louis' food, I I love their ballpark. I love their view. I love their fans. I love their city. Whew, that food is not good.
2: Oh, my. What was your favorite food that you had? My
1: favorite food, if we're just going to discount the mini helmet ice cream, (laughs) because that's just my favorite. Without counting the
2: ice cream, like Uh, your dinner.
1: So in Miami, actually, they have this area called the Taste of Miami where you can have like Cuban sandwiches and pork rinds and all that, which is lovely. Uh, so I think I, I do like Miami's. In Seattle, there was some really, really great sushi. There were some really, really great uh, uh, like bowls. Uh, uh, you know, they they do a good job there. i trying to think. Uh, I mean, Milwaukee's brats, the brats in Milwaukee, I could eat. Forty of those, like they are, <laughs> they have six or seven different versions of chorizo, spicy, sweet, this that, and I love the broths in in Milwaukee. Uh, oh, you know what, San Francisco. I, I'm sorry, San Francisco has crab cake, sourdough bread, and they just it's heavenly. Oh my, it gosh is my mouth. I was watering.
2: just about to say to you, if once with Marwin's Park. Would Marlins uh food be second. Yeah. Okay, cuz I was going I was going to tell my mom that I like, picked <laughs> uh Marlins food number 1 cuz she's she and my dad she, well, my mom is a big Marlins fan. We lived so in Miami for many years I so
0: Joe's gonna, had a good Cuban sandwich there. Yeah, it nice. was not yeah, the best. I love it.
1: You know what, though, Joseph, I I've been like I've been to Marlins Park now. like, said fifteen, sixteen. I don't know. I've lost count how many times, and I've never had a bad meal there. So while the crab sourdough in St. Louis is probably our San Francisco is my favorite singular meal, best food in baseball, Miami Marlins Park. Like that. That is look at that. That I will give their ballpark. Okay, I'm gonna tell my mom
0: meal. that you ranked it first. That's she'll love.
1: That. I yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, let me go ahead and take a quick look here and see some of these parks here. Let's start off with the one that's on my bucket list that I must go to one day. What comes to your mind when I say Wrigley Field?
1: I mean, history, it's just, there's not much more you can say, it is, it's, you sit there and it's the same place where, you know, Ernie Banks played, where Babe Ruth called the shots, where, you know, it's, it's, you're sitting there, you know, in a seat, I mean, the seat's obviously different, but the, the butt print, for lack of a better, word is the same as 100 years ago and it you are just connected to generations of, of baseball fans of Americans of, of humans it's it's I mean Fenway's got that as well but you know Wrigley is just it's special it's beautiful especially when you've got that thick ivy you know late in the summer that you can just see the ball disappear into and yeah Wrigley is is amazing I I, I love it now I'm Lucky that that my podcast co-host, uh, he's a big Cubs fan, and he uh, sang the national anthem there a couple of years back, and and throughout the first pitch, and being able to stand on that field and kind of feel the energy of thirty thousand people, because you know they show up. It's it, it's it's magical. Like it's, I've been on a lot of fields, but being on Wrigley was was Wrigley and Fenway are two of the most special fields I've gotten to stand on.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, definitely at the top of my list um how about uh pnc park in in pittsburgh
1: yeah so i actually got kicked out of there because i wouldn't leave i stayed uh (laughs) i i I told the uh security guard i I pretended like i dropped my lens cap i was like oh i'm sorry just give me a second i'm just flying my lens i'll I'll be there in a second and i kind of snuck into the camera well uh on the in the upper deck because i just didn't want to leave it was it was one of the most beautiful images i've ever seen of just downtown Pittsburgh all lit up with the Clemente Bridge it's a beautiful yellow Clemente Bridge right on the water and the city is all lit up and the ballpark is small but perfect and it's just its yeah I love PNC I tell non baseball fans go see a game at PNC it's one of the most beautiful views in America
0: tremendous so you faked uh, losing something in order to just spend a couple more minutes in that yeah. moment <laughs> I, love I just it.
1: wanted to sit there and, and just soak it all in I, I was literally the last person to leave that stadium. They were they were power washing the stadium <laughs> and they were putting the tarp back on and I was just sitting there. I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting there staring out into the city.
0: Incredible. How about Oracle Park, San Francisco?
1: <laughs> I keep forgetting it's not AT&T anymore. Um, it's, if it was 10 degrees warmer, it'd be one of my favorite ballparks in, in the country. It's just it's August in San Francisco, when I went, people were showing up with blankets. I was like, "Ah ha 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 ha!" Silly Californians. And then, like the seventh inning came around, and I was my teeth were chattering. It was so cold. Oh wow! They gave hot chocolate. They're selling hot chocolate in August in the seventh inning. It's crazy, but it's gorgeous. It's oh spectacular.
2: my! Well, I could <laughs> tell it's freezing because California. Well,
0: my cousin went there and he said it was racing. We we went there it's we went Northern there for our honeymoon. California. Yeah, it's just it's oh. it's confusing. The day starts one way and then all of a sudden it ends a totally different way with weather.
1: Yeah, it's it's the whole Northern California, now Southern California bit and you're also right on the water. But it's it's I, I absolutely love San Francisco. It's 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 absolutely gorgeous.
0: I love the guys impressive. in the kayaks who are who are waiting, listening to the radio of the game to see if the ball is going to get hit into the water, and then they paddle over and try and get it.
1: Yeah, that's one of those things I'm going to try and do. Probably not this season, but next season, I'm going to try and uh, sit out there with those guys just because. Yeah, it's it's that. Yeah, I, I love any type of silly baseball gimmick like that. It's it's the best.
0: That's exciting. Plus, I I think that. It, at the time, did they have the glove and like the Coke bottle and stuff in the outfield? I think they're really neat looking.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. And, and that Coke bottle on Joseph, when you go, I wasn't able to do this. I don't know if you know this or not, but that Coke bottle is actually a working slide. So you can slide down that entire Coke bottle. Oh, wow. I was not allowed to. We see I'm it a on grown television. human person. Look at that. So, yeah. You, so you're able to slide down the Coke bottle.
0: Oh, that is so cool. How about Miller Park? Speaking of slides, um, with uh, the Milwaukee Brewers,
1: I love Miller Park when the roof is open. When the roof is closed, it's a completely different vibe. Like it's it's amazing how much having that roof closed negatively affects that ballpark. But when the roof is open, it's spectacular, and, and I love the fans there. They have uh, I think it's called Hellfair Park. Yeah, Hellfair Park is right across the street and it's where the old Milwaukee County stadium used to sit, where Hank Aaron played and Robin Allen played and all these guys played. Uh, and uh, they still have this park meticulously kept. The, the Brewers ground crew keeps the, the old ballpark's grass still tended. And so you can play little league games there. Oh, you can wow. play like beer league games there. Uh, I love Milwaukee best tailgating, obviously in the country. Like it, you show up at, 1 p.m. for a 7 p.m. game, and there's already rows and rows of cars grilling and playing catch in the parking lot. And, you know, I just walked around from tailgate to tailgate, and they were all so sweet and kind. They were all just giving me food and drinks and whatever I wanted before I even walked into the stadium.
0: Look yeah. at that. And very, I followed very, the very... Brewers a lot when I was younger. I was enamored with um, Paul Molitor's hitting streak, and I was a big Robin yeah. Yell fan. That's fantastic. How about Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati?
1: Cincinnati is one of the best baseball cities in the country that, that 2015 all-star game may have been the best all-star game I've ever been to and will ever go to like that city. I was talking about St. Louis earlier, Cincinnati is the same way where you just go around that city and people like talking baseball and great American, like it, it's, they've got this, They've they've a really cool slide. Actually cool. They've got a lot of good stuff for, for, for kids, uh, Joseph's age and whatnot, some good batting cages. Um, yeah, I love, there's a, you know, a nice kind of walking park along the uh, the river there outside. I love Cincinnati. I, You know, I need to go back to Cincinnati this year. I haven't been in a couple of seasons. It so. looks it looks
0: great <laughs> on television and some of the, I love parks that have a lot of surrounding baseball influenced activities to do. And it just seems like they're baseball to the max in Cincinnati. Well, they
1: have the best hall of fame in, in, in baseball. They've got a three story hall of fame that, that you just walk through and it's it's, a little bit outside the ballpark, like you can g- get into it from the ballpark, but it's a separate building because they really wanted to make sure that they could honor Pete Rose where before they weren't allowed to honor Pete inside the stadium, but in their hall of fame, they were allowed to. And so there's plenty of, of Pete stuff uh, out there. And then they have little hidden Pete Rose uh, uh, homages inside the stadium that are like, there's a, there's a beautiful uh, painting of all the, phil- uh, the uh the red grapes, and they're in the red clubhouse, and they're all kind of from generations. And then in the middle of the clubhouse, there's just a vase with a single red rose in it. It's like, oh, okay. Can't really have Pete in it, but you can have the rose in there, and that signifies Pete Rose. Of
0: course, and, and, and we'll probably get your opinion on, on him in a minute, because we've done some of our initial podcasts kind of introducing Joseph uh, to some of the um, great athletes over, over the years and and his name obviously comes up I'll I'll finish sure. the, the the stadium tour for a moment with with Dodger Stadium what did you think about going out west over there
1: you know it's crazy over the last six years now I think I've done more games at Dodger Stadium than any other ballpark including the New York ones like I go to probably 15 to 20 games at Dodger Stadium a year I'm doing opening day I think this is my third year actually doing opening day in LA Uh I love it. It's, it's, you know, it's the third oldest ballpark and, and Chavez Rabin is gorgeous. I mean, it's, 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 uh, I love it. And actually, funnily enough, Janet Marie Smith, who is the woman who designed Camden uh, Camden yard, she is now actually over at Dodger stadium and she's been over seeing a bunch of the renovations the last couple of years. And she very sweetly gave me a, a, a guided you know a little tour and, and kind of walked me through the entire stadium a couple of years ago to show me, what they're doing to modernize Dodger Stadium, and it's it's wonderful. I can't recommend going to Dodger Stadium more. The Dodger dog, a little bit overrated. It's just a farmer's, you know. It's just it's a regular hot dog. It's not that special. But Dodger Stadium in general, I cannot like. I, I love it. I, I go there way too much.
0: <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, so you you take the Fenway Frank over the Dodger dog. Is that clear? Is that correct?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely yes.
0: Okay the um you know it's it's funny i'd be remiss if i didn't mention this with you being such a detroit tigers fan and we're talking about the 2013 summer american league championship series (laughs) our red sox versus detroit very exciting you ruined
1: my tour i was supposed to end that season going to the world series
0: would have been tremendous for you i don't mean to bring back a bad memory here but if you remember a david ortiz hit I
1: remember the millisecond of I was watching that game in Harlem with a friend of mine planning my world series trip. And I believe it was Joaquin Benoit who uh, was on the mound. And when Ortiz showed up, I looked at my friend and said, well, my world series trip is off. Are you kidding? You predicted You called the shot. I said it maybe about four seconds. Now, to be fair, I'm guessing about, 400,000 other tiger fans called that exact shot because that is with that exact pairing of Benoit and and uh, uh, Ortiz there was literally no other way for that to end like our bullpen with Papa Grande and Benoit we had these guys that just love giving up home runs and Ortiz is obviously known as being the guy who can just get it done when it matters so yeah unfortunately that's that's a a moment that will is burned in my brain for the rest of my life. And that I met that security guard now, you know, a couple of times who obviously with his hands in the air and all that nonsense. Ugh. Fine. Well, for a lot of our listeners. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I saying congratulations, Joseph. I'm very happy for you. Blah, blah, blah. I was only one when the Tigers won the World Series. So I really have never been able to appreciate a Tigers World Series. You were one then. But then you got to appreciate it again in eighteen. So I feel like you've gotten enough, Joseph. <laughs> Spread it around. Let me have something. Please. Absolutely.
0: Listen, we're gonna we're gonna start rooting heavily for Detroit. And you know, having been in <laughs> Miami, we, we're we're uh, we're Miguel Cabrera fans. Um, yeah, Triple Crown, Miguel. Hey, right. Excuse me. Oh, look at that. Joe says socks all the way. And and the thing is, <laughs> when we went to um, Boston recently, about a month ago, we went to the sports museum at the TD Garden, and the curator was showing us around. And he actually has the baseball hat. It was donated by the um, the policeman's family. I believe his name was Steve Horgan. And he's the mm-hmm. one who famously put his hands up in the air, almost kind of signifying a, a W or look at this, wow, when, when Tory yeah. Hunter fell over the, the short wall there. And um, for our listeners who are around eight years old now, which is most of Joseph's teammates, they were one when this happened. But basically David Ortiz hit mm-hmm. a grand slam against the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Well <laughs> yay for me. Oh
1: uh, gosh. We we
0: apologize.
2: Yay for me, but sad for you. Yeah.
1: Of course. Very yay for you. That's all right. That's a, that's sports, man. Sports is teaches happened. you about success but it teaches you about failure too. It's okay. Sometimes
2: you win, sometimes you lose. You exactly. can't always you can't always go you can't always go like one World Series, Two World Series, Three, Two, Four, Five, Six, up to a thousand yeah. in a row. Sometimes you have to and wait then, many years, yeah. Imagine if you found out you've been rooting for that team forever and you declare them cheating.
0: That's true. That's, that's yeah. one of the things I started the podcast off with, that we're going on this mental trip with you to all these parks, and we're trying to heal ourselves right now, going back in time to remember all the great things that are involved with baseball as they continue to try to repair uh, their image right now.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm sorry Joseph that, that you guys are having to deal with this in, in Boston, this is, I'm not happy about this obviously, it's, it's, it's a bummer, I don't like this at all. You know, when I, so when I was about your age, a little bit older than you, uh, is when uh, baseball actually went on strike and after, and, and they canceled the world series and, and the players, I couldn't watch any games anymore. And then very soon after that, a lot of these guys started doing steroids and they were cheating in that way. So when I was a kid, that was a cheating scandal that I was dealing with. And it was, it wasn't fun. I, I didn't like it. And then that really bummed me out and whatnot. And so now when I'm seeing this version of cheating, it's, it's bringing me back to being a kid again and just being sad that you know, some of these guys feel the need. Yep. Yeah, it's it's not. You shouldn't do that. it. It's it's really not great. And and I'm hoping that that maybe, hopefully, they have have learned their lesson, and and we can all try to heal and do better and, and and not cheat anymore. We haven't really heard about the punishment for the Red Sox yet, so we'll see what. Please uh, don't
2: be a bad one. I know.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> just you, know you want to so feel like. like- you know, what you're watching and what you're living through is, is all on, on the up and up and fair.
1: Exactly. And, you know, and if they messed up, then they need to accept their punishments and they need to say they're sorry and they need to make sure that they never do it again. Because, listen, we all mess up. That's okay. I've messed up. I'm sure you, if you haven't yet, you will mess up and that's okay. I Everybody makes mistakes
2: at school before.
1: Exactly. Sure. Everybody makes mistakes. It's about how you react to those mistakes and you make sure that you don't make those mistakes again and and you apologize and you try to become better that's that's what baseball has always taught me is Maybe that like everyone
2: you, has to make one mistake like more than a th- hundred mistakes <laughs>
1: right. so hopefully the red sox and the astros will will have learned a little bit from this and and they won't make these mistakes anymore
0: Absolutely. I wanted to get your opinion, Munish, um, just as we start to wrap up, and we thank you so much for all of your time and generosity with, with us on the on the show. Yes, thank you so much. We yeah, it's
1: been so much fun.
0: Thank you. We wanted to get your opinion. Um, a topic that we started in show number one when we began this podcast about six months ago, uh, I was describing to Joseph who Pete Rose is, and, and he's well <laughs> aware of that. D- does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame?
1: Well, Pete, well, you know what, Joseph, what do you think? I, I'm really curious about what you think about about Pete. Tell me what you know about him and, and what you think.
2: I actually don't remember what I said in the first episode. <laughs>
1: <'Cause>, like, <laughs> we, okay.
2: we done several after that. That was our first episode. Well, if, I if, think like... I said he should deserve it, but she he should write a letter. He should write That's a exactly letter. That's exactly what she said. Le- write a letter. In his own case, that says I did the wrong thing. I, I, I what was, what did he get in
0: trouble for? Well, I guess he was he was gambling on on the sport. Gambling on the sport. I,
2: I promise, and I will never do that again. But I know <laughs> he won't do it again because he's not in major. Is he still in the baseball Is no, they banned him from baseball. he's
1: banned he's banned from baseball, although he does now live in Las Vegas and pretty much exclusively is a gambler, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I'm, I shouldn't say that. That's that's all allegedly, and who knows what he's doing in his private life. But um,
0: well, and, you know, Joseph it, basically just said um, he's the hits leader of all time. The base Hall of Fame is like a museum. You can't go to the museum and find out who the second best hits leader was. So he just says, "Well, have you been
1: to? Well, Joseph, has your dad taken to the Cooperstown yet? No,
0: no, we have not. Well, I got all a right. sweatshirt from my cousin."
2: says Town and me and my dad are thinking of going to cooperstown sometime. we were
0: thinking about going for jeter's inauguration um
1: Ooh, when is jeter's
0: bonker. inauguration but it's supposed to be absolutely nuts so we we might yeah, go I'm on a, sure would, a slower day <laughs> that.
1: yeah i would i wouldn't recommend going especially because it is jeter and it's it's it, anytime a yankee gets gets inducted i mean any induction weekend over there is absolutely bonkers but yeah, well, Jeter is going to be next level, and, and you really want to be. I go to Cooperstown every year just for kind of to recharge my batteries for a couple of days, and it's, yep. it's heavenly. But so what I'll tell you, Joseph, is that Pete Rose, so the, the, the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown is two separate things. It's the plaque room where the actual literal Hall of Fame is. So when, you get vote, when Gary Jeter is voted in, he will have a plaque, and his name will go into the physical plaque room.
2: That's kind of what I said,
1: r- right? We but attached that to that part. room is a museum, and that museum has all the history of the sport. And Pete Rose is allowed to be discussed in there, and you are allowed to see that he has, he is the hit king, and you are able to see his numbers are not wiped away. We do acknowledge his numbers; his numbers are there. We don't know about you know Ty Cobb. Well, we do know about Ty Cobb, but we don't know about you know, the second, third, fourth, fifth hit uh, uh, leaders, they're not magically number one. He will always be the hit king as long as he keeps that record. The problem with Pete is that there was basically one rule in baseball that you could not break. Don't bet on baseball. It almost ruined the game in the early 1900s. And so they said, you cannot do it. And he did it. And it the one thing... Yeah. You can't do that. Like it's, and he hasn't, and while he has apologized recently, he, I'm not sure how much he means his apology is really how deep I can get to it on a podcast with, you know, young children. He's, he's, I'm okay with Pete Rose never being in the hall of fame. We will talk about him forever and we will know what his accomplishments were. But I also think it's important for us to remember that he, he broke, Baseball's unbreakable rule, if and you, you can't
2: play, do that. Sorry, sorry. Oh, uh, if you if anyone who played baseball should know about like Derek Jeter and Pete Rose, at yes. least the at least Derek Jeter being in the Hall of Famer.
0: Well, he'll be I in mean, the Hall Cooper of Fame. Town yeah, this uh this summer. And, and I'm glad that he's represented in the memorabilia side of things, but I guess not the plaque side.
1: Right, so I mean, we will. We don't wipe it. I mean, it's, it's the same way with Barry Bonds and with Roger Clemens and all the steroid guys. Who there's a lot of you know uh, uh, arguments about. You know, should these guys be in the Hall of Fame? When you go to Cooperstown, there is a section that specifically talks about steroids and PEDs and talks about Barry Bonds and talks about Roger Clemens and talks about these guys. Whether or not they are physically ever going to be in the black room, who knows? But they will not be forgotten to history like by not getting into the hall of fame doesn't mean that we won't talk i think it's even more important that we talk about them because we need to say look how amazing these players were but they still made mistakes and they still screwed up and there need to be consequences sometimes to your actions it's you've got to think about what you're doing before you do it you know
0: of course joseph and i talk about uh, all of that all the time and then for our young listeners uh, this the term steroid. Just imagine it like you're you're not supposed to take um, extra medicine in order to have supersized muscles because they want to have everybody be an even playing field and nobody should have an advantage over somebody else. You can't have a uh, like the Incredible Hulk up at the plate and then everybody else is just doing the right thing and they're eating their fruits and vegetables.
2: I just want to say it. congratulations because you. You just actually had the longest podcast that we've done. And it's, been, it's been more than an hour, and I think our record is 39 minutes.
0: So, oh am I we, we can't let Munish go. I, I was gonna, I'll no. just close Munish with what do you think about the possibility of robot umpires coming in baseball down the road?
1: Ah, uh, you know it's it's that's another tough one just because I don't I've talked to several of my major league baseball player friends and minor league baseball player friends and one of the things that they are concerned about is I mean is it going to be the same strike zone for Jose Altuve and Aaron Judge like it's, it's going to be hard to kind of track body sizes but also more importantly than that a huge part of baseball is making adjustments and going up there and you don't stand in the exact same spot every single time. So I don't fully know how they're going to be tracking it. I don't know if they're going to – I honestly don't know enough about it to speak too intelligently. Like, are they putting nanites in the jerseys? I have no idea how they're going to do this. My instinct is always to keep less technology out of the game. I mean, we're dealing with this whole Astros scandal because of how much more technology we are instilling in the game with replay stuff. I I kind of, I, I know this is annoying for a lot of fans, but I like having human umpires that have different strike zones and needing to know which ump is behind the plate today so I know if I've got a wider strike zone or a taller strike zone or a shorter strike zone and having to adjust. Like, as long as they keep it consistent, I think too many people get upset when the calls don't go their way, not realizing how many calls are going their way. And it's just, it's, Sorry, I know that's a very complicated answer for for a show like this, but I, I don't know. It's it's. I would prefer it to not be robot umpires.
0: We discussed it a little bit, and my opinion might be changing a little bit now in light of everything going on with yeah, mine too. The negatives in technology, but we we appreciated the fact that they might get some of the calls you know more correct. But now there's a part of me that's thinking, my gosh, the more technology that
1: you Use, include,
2: the more it could get more yeah. abuse. you can use it negatively
1: exactly Cheaters exactly and it's sometimes the call goes for you and sometimes the call goes against you that's that. also yeah. baseball more than anything taught me about real life it taught me that i'm going to fail more than i'm going to succeed and that's okay and it taught me that sometimes life isn't fair and sometimes the calls go against you even when you do everything the right way and you can't complain about it you got to show up at the next at bat and try to keep winning like it's just it's baseball that's That is baseball.
0: It's basically life in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, Joseph is getting ready to head towards spring, and he'll be playing in our town's league, and he's going to be dealing with kid pitch, and he dealt with umpires last year, and I think (laughs) that this is a great send-off for him to get re-energized and re-excited about America's favorite pastime, and we hope that things do get worked out, and we are so grateful that you spent – um, you know, sixty minutes or so with us today, Munish, and more than sixty. Minutes. Look at that! And
1: But <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I could talk to you guys all day. Your
0: story yeah. has been amazing. Um, we could too. We loved, we loved um, uh, hearing about your journey, and we hope to meet you in person someday. We are going to take you up, and we are going to sit there and eat ice cream helmets. Yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm 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 in. I'm down. Manish, I love it. Yes, you sir. want us
2: to bring more listeners from our podcast to yours?
1: <laughs> you are a professional, Joseph. You Cause, are cause he very, very I see. Can link down good below good in,
2: in the description, <laughs> and he can say we can look like your podcast. Exactly, like and
0: it. subscribe sliders and curveballs. Like <laughs> and subscribe <Yeah>. to <laughs> the Clu- the Clubhouse podcast. And we look forward to talking <laughs> to you again. and And uh, text me anytime you're in town, or if you're doing something really cool, we'll look for you on TV.
2: Do, we'll do a deal. If you bring us to your listeners, we'll bring yours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like this, kid. Joseph. You are an absolute pro. That's the best. I love Am I it. the
2: best kid you ever met?
1: Uh, by, I mean, my niece and nephews kind of take that title, but outside of my blood relation, yeah. Hopefully, you are, hopefully, you are twenty years best. from
0: now, he'll be he'll be uh, you know on on the sports network somewhere, and Monish can say. Unbelievable. I was on Joseph's podcast when he was seven. Oh no,
1: I that, that <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind. You're gonna be I'm gonna be asking you for interviews in a couple of years.
0: Well, thank you so much. We're gonna end you
1: with a little crowd cheer and uh we will catch up with
0: you next time and we thank all of our listeners for tuning in.
1: We're thank rich. you guys so much.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye. Rich. Love you, Joe.
2: Love you, Dad.